0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory. The authors and editors of the Bible were led or influenced by God, resulting in writings that are designated in some sense as the Word of God. Explore this truth in week three of our series, Word View. And our word for today is found in 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, please open the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And it says here says here all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness in the next verse it says that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work join me in a word of prayer heavenly father thank you as you speak to each and every one of us today thank you lord god that as we meditate on your word as we enjoy learning your word today lord god thank you father that you are going to reveal to us your desire for our lives where we are lord meet our faith lord speak to us lord we may be coming here with um probably brokenness just what like pastor alan was saying lord but right now just lord we just surrender that to you lord God. lord we want to focus on your word lord a hundred percent attention to your word Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you anoint the preaching, Lord God. Lives will be changed today. And we claim that today, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Alright. So as we continue, let's go through a little bit of light conversation. Let's have trivia of the Word of God. I know we're going to go through the Bible all throughout the year, but this series is really talking about the actual Word. That we can depend our lives on this book. And one of the trivias that I really found amusing is this. It says that over 100 million copies of the Bible are sold every year. It's not every 10 years. It's every year. And connected to this data, it is also the mostly stolen book. Maybe because of the number of Bibles that's available. And one of the areas where people get the books the Bible, would be hotels. Diyan po nila kinukuha yan. And this is uh, back-up data. What else do we know? Yeah. So, kung may katabi kayo, yung Bible niya, nakalagay, Shangrila, la Maktan. Hindi po siya. Binigay lang sa kanila yan. Okay. What else do we know? The word Bible is from the Greek word, Tabiblia, which means the scroll, or the books. That's where we get the name of the Bible. It means the scrolls, or the books, the books of life. Yeah. What else do we know? Okay, I'll share more trivia next week, but this is the third one. It says, It is written by a wide variety of authors such as kings, fishermen, priests, prophets, shepherds, doctor, a tax collector, and a tent maker. Wait lang. I thought the Bible is the Word of God. Come to think of it, I'm willing to submit if the author is a king, but how about a fisherman? Will I actually submit to what the Word says if it is written by a shepherd? Is it something that I'm willing to put my life on? Maybe a doctor would be good. But what if it's not written by a doctor, that chapter or that book? What if it's written by a tax collector or a tent maker? Is the Bible something that you're willing to put your entire life onto? That's the question for today. And As we, see, as we look at the Scripture, it says here, Second Timothy, it says as we start, Everybody say, all. 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 Okay, once lang. Okay, name first. All. What does that mean? All. Meaning all. 66 Bibles from the beginning, from Genesis to Revelations. What the Apostle Paul was saying is that all, nothing, not even a dot or a period is not part of it. But he's saying is that all Scripture is breathed out by God. Does that mean? Breathe out. Breathe out. So today I'm gonna to walk you through this, and the first illustration that I want to share with you or the first verse would come from the old testament. When we talk about the breath of God, when he breathes out, what is that? What does that mean? We go to Psalms 33 6 and it says By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. What does that mean? You know the breath of God allows words to come alive. Imagine this for a moment. When you speak, in your mind right now, try to say a sentence without breathing. When we speak, we need breath. Is that right? If I continue to speak without breathing, in the moment, I'm going to lose my breath. Why? Because I need to inhale. I need the breath for me to speak. What the Word is saying is that the word of God comes from His breath, and that's why we talk about the breath of God today. What's the picture of the breath of God? You know, in Hebrew, the breath of God means ruah. Say that with me, ruah, ruah. That means wind. It also means spirit. It also means energy. There's energy of life. And when we say that the Lord breathes, something happens. When the Lord speaks. His word, something happens. What happens? In the first book of Genesis, what happened? He said, "Let there be light, Na. Let there be an expanse between uh, land and air and sea. Ano ng earth, ng... So whenever God speaks His breath, what happens? There's power. Things happen. Things begin to form. That's why in Genesis, not only that, no, not only that things begin to form, things begin to have life. That's why it's found in Genesis 2. It says, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. The question is, where did we come from? We come from the dust according to the word. That's why my friend no lumapit siya sa akin bro. Samba talaga tayo galing because my when my daughter came from school, sabi niya, "Dad, santay galing." Sabi ko, "Sa mga ungoy." Sabi niya, "Sabi nung mom, santay galing uh, from the dust." Pero sabi ni daddy sa unggoy. hindi sa side nila 'yon. <laughs> Kasi tayo yung sa side ko from the dust of the Lord. The breath of God, it gives us life. It makes us alive. Now let's look at what it says in the New Testament. Let's go back to what the Apostle Paul said. I don't want to Apostle Paul. In Greek, the word is and I don't want to read it carefully it says, "Theopneostos." up word no? Theopneustos. That's why in the NASB version, the word or the breath of life, or the breath of God, is inspired by God. The breath of God has inspiration. The breath of God is something that moves us. But you know what? When we talk about the power of God and His breath, the question is, meron barin time power non? Do we also have that power? You want to try? If you have that power, sige, the person on your left, sabi, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, the person on your right, deep breath. Harap ka In front of his nostrils. Tingamong. Breathe out. Mamaya pag katabing ano. Da medio naslain. gigi The breath of God is with us. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Let's go back to the Spirit. Yes. The Apostle Paul was saying not only does it mean that the breath of life is with us, it also means God's breath, also means God inspired. That's why we have, or what what we call, inspiration of Scripture. So what do we learn? Number one, that the entire Bible, every word from the Bible is divinely inspired. And every word from the Bible is divinely inspired. The author of the Word, not only, yes, it's man, but because of inspiration from God, he actually breathes through the authors. That's why... They know what to write. Alam na nila susulat nila. It's not dictation. But it's actually inspiring them. The question is, is it the same as how we are inspired? When we're in love, we're inspired, we do things. It's not. Because divine inspiration is not based on emotions. Divine inspiration is based on the character of who God is. It's exactly what God wanted to say. Yeah. Every word from the Bible is inspired by God. That's why He's the one who gives us the word. Like in Jeremiah, you know, in Jeremiah it says, Jeremiah one nine. Then the Lord put out His hand and touched the mouth, and the Lord said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. It's God who gives us the words for the authors. And that's amazing. When we talk about divine inspiration, did you know that out of the four Gospels, what's the four Gospels? John, Ringo, <laughs> about the four Gospels, when was it first written? the first one, they believe it was the Gospel of Mark, and it was written 70 years after the life of Jesus. Dung na siya. You know, when I spent time with my Lola, whenever she would call me, she would always do this random call. He would always say, "Edgar, Edwin, Eric, Emile, Francis, when we're at that age, diba? we get to forget, we get to and I believe. When we talk about divine inspiration, how is it that a person who writes a gospel like Luke would actually talk about the very small details, would actually talk about the things that happened in accuracy? Who was the king during that time? What was the event? And this only happens not with their faith, not with even devoting time to the word, but it was actually based on what God wants them to say. It's God's inspiration. You know, when we talk about God's inspiration, that's the reason why when we read the Bible, there is power. Do you believe that the power of God is in the Word when we read it? You know, I'm going to share with you a story of a Indian man named Ramad, one of the most wanted men of India during his time. He was actually wanted, dead or alive. Ang crime niya, hu ano to akat bahay ng India would actually ransack homes, kill everyone who would get in his way. That's why he was wanted. That's, that's why he was very notorious and he had a gang. And you know, one day, inside one of the homes, he saw this small book, black book. Sabi niya, parang yung size, di ba? parang pocket book, parang the size of a cigarette. Sabi niya, I'll keep the book, then kesa hindi ko naman mabibenta yan, kinuha niya yung niya ibenta. Sabi niya, I'm gonna keep that small book to roll my cigarette. So he went home, he, didn't, he wasn't caught with that theft, with that uh, burglary. So he went home, tried it out, nipis nung papel. Lagay niya yung tabako, roll niya, and he smoked it. Every day he would do that. And one day he figured that the wordings were in his language. Sabi I I can read it. So before he rolled it, he tore the page, he read it, The next day, he did it again. Before, he rolled the cigarette, tore the page, and he read it. You know, after several days, he didn't tear the page. He opened it, read it. And all of a sudden, he knelt down and said, Lord Jesus, forgive me for what I have done. It's the power of the Word of God. And that book was a Bible. The next day, he surrendered his life to God, went to police, and said, I want to pay for what I've done. And now he's in prison... Yes, paying for what he has done, but he has considered the prison as the mission field for Jesus. There's power in the Word of God. And that's why you would hear it, we would see it, that many books can inform, but only the Bible can transform. Question, a moment of truth for us believers. Have we been transformed by the Word of God? Maybe before, has the Word of God transformed us lately? Or have we actually opened the Word of God? It's a good time to reflect on the power of what God is doing in our lives through His Word. As we continue, I want to show to you the account of the Apostle Peter. First, we looked at the Apostle Paul. And what he said is divine inspiration of the Word. That the author, God Himself, was the one who inspired the writers. And we want to look at now what the Apostle Peter said. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is both the word of man and also the word of God. And we see a picture of dual authorship. We see a picture of partnership. We see a picture of one that is led by the Holy Spirit. Or it's led by God. And I want to focus on this word. It says carried along. You know, the Bible would give us different... There are so many translations. And one of the translations that I got with the word carried along in CEV, it says guided by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? In the message version, it says prompted men and women to speak God's word. And in the New King James Version, it says carried along means to be moved. Because we say... God did not dictate. They just woke up and they're done with writing. It didn't happen that way. But what the Bible is saying is, this is a picture of the partnership or dual authorship of man and God. The sail is the author and the wind represented by the Holy Spirit. The sail, the boat would want to go somewhere as he writes. He wants to, to uh, share what he's going through. He wants to share the context, the background. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's guiding the Word of God. That's why we can say that it is the very Word of God. First question, do we believe that God inspired the writers of the book? Yes? Okay. If God can inspire the author of the books, He can also inspire the reader of the books. If God can move and carry along the writers of the book, He can also move and carry along the readers of the book. Are we being moved by the Word of God? Or is the world moving us? What moves us? Is it our worries? What moves us? Is it the career that the boss tells us that we should do this, we should do that? What moves us on a daily basis? Is it what the Word of God says? Or what the stressful day says? These are the questions that I want to ask everyone. The Bible is both... Written by man, and they are divinely inspired. Yeah. The Bible is written by divinely inspired men. I like what John Blanchard said, The authority of the Bible comes not from the caliber of the human authors, but from the character of its divine authors. That's why we can actually say, Lord, this is your word. When we read the Bible, when we do our meditation, we don't end it by saying, Moses, thank you. We don't say, Luke, thank you for your word. And then we pray. What do we say? Lord, thank you for your word. When we preach the word, Sunday in, Sunday out, what do we say? This is the word of God. We can do that. Why? Because we are secure that God inspired the authors. So that's why it's fine if you're reading, if today, if you're reading a chapter not in doctor's writing, if he's a fisherman who wrote it, you can actually still trust the word of God. You can actually be under his authorship. So the question is, why do you think God still allowed human authors? Bakit ndina lang, bro, na bumabana lang yung Bible, and this is the Word of God, it's sealed, and we would read it. Why? Sometimes now we would imagine, Lord, bakit mo pa ginamit yung human writers. Why do, we ha- Why do you need the apostles to write it? Why do you need prophets to write it? Why do you need a priest, a king to write it? Why not just write it and then send it down because you're all powerful? These are the questions that I ask the entire week. And you know, I believe this is um, what God revealed to me. The reason why He maintained human authors is He wants to retain that human element. He wants us to read it as humans wrote it. He wants us to experience what they've gone through. You know why? Because that's the only way for us to see that God has been faithful with man. We can see when we read it, when we read the Word, when we read David, and this is the misconception of David, sometimes we feel David is like Jesus, but he's not. Sometimes we see the highlight of the life of David was killing Goliath, but it didn't end there. There was also a flaw in David's life. He was an adulterer. We would see God's faithfulness in David's life. That's why when we read the account, you would see from Genesis until Revelation, God's faithfulness in everyone. And you would say, Lord, thank you. You are faithful to me as well. We would feel what they feel. We get to see God's faithfulness and we get to claim it. As we meditate on the Word of God. And that is being inspired by the Word. The authors being inspired by God. So what is the reason why God inspired the authors of the Bible? Why do you think He wanted His revelation to be inspired? His Word to be inspired? It says in Matthew twenty-four, thirty-five. it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but My Word will not pass away. It's forever. Why? Because I believe God wants to preserve His revelation. I believe God wants to make sure that His revelation to each and every one of us is secure. And that's why we can still enjoy it today. And that's why it still, it has stood the test of time. Even though critics have been saying that the Bible is not real, even though people are saying that it's fiction, it's the divine inspiration of the Word that makes us believe that the Bible is true. You know, there are three prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written nearest 400 years away, the year Jesus was born. And if you think about it, 300 prophecies for more or less 30 authors about the coming of the Messiah, all of this were fulfilled. How would you think the authors 1000 years before Jesus was born would predict this happening why would they write the coming of someone their credibility will be attack but you know what god fulfilled all the promises in the bible what happened is all the prophecies were fulfilled and as we move along we go back to our main text it says in 2 Timothy 316 it says all scripture is breathed out by god and it's profitable for teaching reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's benefit. Number one, there is profit. What does that mean? It's profitable, meaning it's for us. We profit from reading the word. The scripture that is inspired, it's for us. What else do we learn? It's also something that completes us. Completes us from our insecurities. We become secure of who God is. And lastly, it equips us to what? It equips us to do the will of the Father. It equips us to continue our life. It equips us on a daily basis. And I want to share with you this last um, story or question, rather. Maybe the question today is as we talk about the inspiration of Scripture, that every word, all Scripture is inspired by God, is God breathed. And as we talk about His authorship, the question is do we know the author personally? Do we know him? You know when we receive a text that says this is your kuya please send me 50 pesos load would you do it? No right? Especially if it's not really your kuya. Of course if it's your kuya, please send the text. But if you get a text that you know it's a scam, would you do it? No, because we don't know the author. We don't know who made the text, correct? But you know if you know the author, it becomes different. I'm privileged to have known or to know a few authors from church. Randell, an author for finance. Jason, an author for personality development. Chinky, an uh, author on money, also finance. Pastor Dennis, an author of uh, several books. You know, because I know them, whenever I read their books, I hear their voice. Whenever I read their books, I know where they're coming from. Especially Chinky because he's one of my godfathers and I know the struggles that he had and why he's writing these books. I know the reason and I know his heart. Guys, we have to know the author first before we can say, I'm willing to be under that authority. We have to know him personally. Why? Because once we know him, it's easier to follow him. Is that correct? Once we know who Jesus is and what he has done on the cross... Now I know why He wants the best for me. Now I know why this is His heart for me. And you know, in Romans 12, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. What does it say? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And it ends like this, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. What's God's will for us? It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. We can't know that if you don't know the author. Sometimes when we read and open the book, we have a hard time. Why? Because we haven't experienced Jesus yet. For us, maybe when we open the Bible, it's more on do's and don'ts. But when we see the heart of God, when we see that it's been from Genesis until Revelation, He was revealing one thing, that man can save himself. And He's sending His Son to die on the cross for each and every one of us. Why? Because that's how much He loves us. Unless we know that, and we, unless we personally experience him it's very hard to go under his authority you just heard a podcast from victory for more messages like these and to access other resources please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on facebook at facebook.com/victoryph